listen, this is, it's so helpful about the Enneagram stuff. And I, Sarah was talking about type nines um, being very much that they dial it down, that they dial everything down and, you know, to try and keep comfortable and peaceful and stuff. And I really, I really am thinking that Stuart is more of a nine. And she was also saying to me, does he seem like, you know, somewhere that you can land? Has he got that kind of feeling that you could sort of land? Um, like seagulls on a rock, like he's like calm, like, and he, t- and he really does. And I f- obviously find that an appealing thing. Um, and us fours have got volatility, don't we? we have emotional volatility, which is kind of like a, a hallmark of ours in average, anyway, or normal manifestations and he is not volatile he is not he's the opposite he would be like the still water so he must be a nine so if I'm thinking about that I just like the enneagram it's so helpful to me and when you remind me about how a nine operates because I've never you know I haven't studied it as much as you or Sarah and and I've never had reason to look into type nine I have some clients who are nine so it's really helpful for me to know that but it's different when you're having a relationship with somebody um yeah and just thinking well he'll be doing well this is what I'm doing and you know everything you were saying I think that's really helpful because as a four I'm like I cannot possibly go and have a drink with an ex-boyfriend slash lover without being honest about what I'm doing and if I don't say what I'm doing then it's dishonest and it's a cover-up and I'll feel guilty and like I'm cheating but why would I and then it's like oh so confused but we're not even actually literally a couple or together we're just two people who are getting to know each other and have fun and like each other and blah 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 and it could be something but he's away for a year so then it's like all this fucking consternation that's very four isn't it making a big fucking deal out of it but I do, I do think, actually, this is my life. This is my business. I have people I see. There's this new chap who happens to live around the corner. We just, uh, we chatted a bit on Bumble um, a month ago or something like that. I don't remember. I probably, I pr- probably stopped chatting because Mr. Ennis appeared and, um, and eclipsed everybody else. But I just um, picked up the chat with him last night or something recently. Um or maybe it was today, I can't remember. But I'm like, you know, I've... I've, I've um, he's younger than me, and I always... I need to know that someone's okay about the fact that I, as a woman, I'm older than them. Like, it, it's not okay if it's not okay, but I, I've just been honest on my profile. It says that I'm 57. Right there. <laughs> Broad daylight. So it's not like that it's going to be a surprise to them. But um, I am really thinking, like, why can't... I should probably just... I seriously think I should probably have my own little directory of people that I can call up or have fun with or go to a gig with, you know, like, like just date people. And that could include, you know, getting between the sheets. I have no, I don't think I would fall in love by mistake with anybody. I think I'm too wise to the game now to let myself do that. I mean, I'm saying this and I and I hope that's true. <laughs> um 
But if you had more than one lover, there'd be less likelihood about like your brain going, oh my God, it's you. And that kind of is like zoning in on one person that we make our attachment object. There'd be less chance of that if you had a few people, wouldn't there? And um, you know, I've never had a lifestyle like that. I've never experimented with that or done it. But it's like my kids are left home. The guy that I think could be my long-term person is is on the other side of the world. So why not use this year? It's kind of like being like um, playing the field before you settle down. <laughs> why don't I play the field in this year, um, and then you know have to explore about making us work once he's physically here, and I can hug the guy and ride him. <laughs> Uh, I'm quite liking this idea. What I don't like, what I don't like the idea of, is of me moping and pining and crying and, oh my God, I wish Stuart was here and he's so far away and I'm in love with him and I can't hug him. That would suck. I'm not going to fucking do that for a whole year. That's miserable. (sighs) So I need a plan of action that works for me. I'm also aware that given that I do have strong feelings of um, things being really good with Stuart's like can I actually not fall in love with him (laughs) and not pine I don't know type 4 love problems (laughs) but remembering that he's a 9 and how they operate that is really really good thank you so much Um, I need to find out more about that and I would like to type his instinct so I can understand that as well I don't I don't see him as being sexual instinct because he wouldn't have been on his own that long if he was apart from anything Mm, I'd have to look up social and um sp9 on the Beatrice chestnut thing and see what she says um I'm really scared of sp9s because of what you said I'm like People being distant to me is like, that's just not okay. I guess I could check it out against my requirements and and then I'd know. But um, the requirements from RCI and getting those quantified is really useful. What what I'm noticing is when one of them isn't met, I get upset. And it's like, there you go. You see, you cannot have a relationship without them or you're upset in a way that's not okay on a daily basis. I know we get upset in relationship. I don't mean that. I mean, like, fundamentally... Um, And we're going to have to work on your cynicism, aren't we, Mr. Wasserman? Your cynicism. Yes. Because the fact of the matter is it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And if you believe or do not believe, if you believe that you cannot, and there is not any person in the world that you will meet that would meet your requirements, which is your belief at the moment, then do you know what? You won't meet them. And I'm not being sort of like naively innocent here. There is something really exciting about opening one's mind to what one really wants. There's an energy to it and there's a passion to it. And, um, you know, hopeful optimism is the opposite of depression. And I was getting coached yesterday by one of my colleagues when we were doing our practice stuff. Um, And whatever it was she asked me, she really got me into this hopeful optimism place um, by by helping me get on top of the scarcity mindset, 
that I was in uh, around there not being someone that could, um, you know, meet my requirements. Um, and I, and even just getting brought into the position of hopeful optimism, there's so much energy in, in it and excitement in it. It's really lovely. It's like surfing. Not that I've ever surfed, but I imagine like riding a wave, like you're on the fucking wave, you're up on the board, you're not falling over, and it's got this like, yes, energy to it. It's amazing. Um, and that was just a, like 15-minute coaching session <coughs> around this and... Uh, Oh, there goes, sorry, out of the window, there goes Cleo's, one of Cleo's best friend's dads. He's probably 10 years younger than me, he's probably 47. He's just too fucking cool for school. He's got his skateboard, his little beanie hat and no jacket in the sun, his little jersey on. He's just, he's a very sweet guy and he's also far too cool for school. And he is a publisher published um the life of pi what's that picador works for them anyway sorry it distracted seeing them going past and forgot what i was talking to you about but um <clears throat> yes it was about cynicism and hopeful optimism so it will be interesting to see what you do as you go through the coaching program and and if you maintain your cynical position of thinking it's not possible for you to meet a woman who does meet all of your requirements. I would just be interested to see where that goes for you. There we go. That's the business. Maybe that's one another way we 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 uh, we get free of the cage, but playing someone else's game. And I like this, and I find it uh, galvanizing for me too. You know, my current strategy, I think, is just try and keep anyone who's vaguely interested in me, just keep them sweet. <laughs> Which is hard because I'm a nice asshole. Uh, stress on the asshole. It is hard because I'm a nice asshole. It's hard because I'm a nice asshole. Um, but just keep them sweet because, and in a very, sorry to say, but kind of like, yeah, kind of utilitarian way, which I, I, I used to feel, I used to feel very bad about. And I would never do that. I would never date two people or have a couple of people on the go all at the same time or whatever that means. I would never, ever, and I've never done that in my life. But, you know, my last relationship really proved to me, if proof was needed, just how we use each other in the realm of Eros. I was used in the realm of Eros until until um, that person couldn't get any use out of me or until, uh, that's a crappy way of saying it, a nicer way of saying it would be until I, because I didn't know fully what cage they were in, um, until I, yeah, until I tried to get into the cage and, they, and that was, that was wrong because, um, you don't try and break into the cage or you don't try and pull someone. No, I didn't try and break into the cage. I tried to pull, pull them out of the cage and you don't try and pull someone out of their cage. The first rule of uh, Eros Club is you don't pull anyone out of their cage. You get a win-win between your cage and their cage. 
And the second rule of Eros is everyone's a user. Uh, talk is cheap. And the third rule of uh, Eros Club is um, all is fair in love and war. There you go. You only need three, three rules. <laughs> so, for example, when it comes to me, right? So last night I had um, a chat with uh, this woman who lives near Berlin, um, who is a social aide. And wow, I was just reminded, I was just reminded how much I love that vibe, that body type vibe. It was like, um, because social aides are very, they're the sweetest of the aides. They're really sweet. Um, and they're so sweet that they almost come across, across as nines, because nines can be very sweet. I mean, a, a Nadia, sweetest, sweetest person, the sweetest, sweetest person. Um, and it was like the first, uh, my first date with Nadia, except that the wool um, was not pulled over my eyes. I knew exactly, you know, <laughs> it's like that Portia Nelson thing, right? I, I did not fall into the hole. I, I knew that what I was enjoying was this grounded, unruffled, beautiful body intelligence energy. And, uh, and I even said it to her a couple of times. I said, like, wow, you know, I just, mm, I really like this. I really like this. Uh, yeah, this rock-like, this rock, this stable. Um, and I got it. I got it in spades with Nadia, who was sweet and stable. Um, but I was like Sisyphus trying to um, push, push that push that rock out of the cage. And uh, of course, the rock would never budge because rocks don't budge. That's the other important thing about body types. They never, ever budge. So don't push them out of the cage. Don't pull them out of the cage and don't, they won't budge. They won't budge anything. The desire has to come from them. Um, but anyway, that was amazing. So that's somebody I'm going to keep sweet and keep um, a kind of flirty um, connection to because, you know, who knows? <laughs> I don't have a functioning passport at the moment, but if um, uh, I'm going to renew my passport, maybe I can go to Berlin for a week or a couple of weeks um, in the spring um, and hang out with Anya. That would be lovely. Um, I'm still, I'm, I mean, even Oana. <laughs> Awana Noya. <laughs> uh, still keeping Awana Noya sweet, you know. Um, I've held back on the assholeness. I'm, I'm really, my, you know, keeping the niceness going. There's no way in hell I would ever have a relationship or um, with Awana. But, but, you know, I haven't had um, carnal relations, let's put it that way, for 15 months 12 days and three hours. And the reason I know this is because, um, because I've been keeping, uh, keeping tabs. Um, and the last time I had Connor relations was with Nadia. Um, and this was, this was like probably even a month before we broke up because she had this whole, had all of this like mouth surgery and for about three weeks she was just not in a place for anything physical. Um, 
so who knows maybe it's 16 months <laughs> uh i can't remember when i start, first started counting it from the breakup or from but anyway i haven't and i really i really like i like having sex but i'm not just willing to go and have sex just for the sake of it with anyone i'd like to have some um feeling of tenderness um, some sense of a relational connection to that person. Um, and that just means I've just got to keep a whole bunch of people sweet. And at some point, one of those um, uh, f female human animals is going to um, um, what's the term? What's the biological term? I mean, I guess in terms of, you know, the non-human animals, we would sort of say, come into heat, but but that's not the official term. But anyway, um, one of these human animals will come into heat. Oh, and there's also um, Zoe, who's uh, this uh, sort of, um, who I spoke to last week and had like, you know, like a two-hour call with. And, and that was fun. That was kind of quite bantery uh, to SX2. Um, she's very Jewish, though, Zoe. Um, but anyway... Um, but she's, she's interested in me. So I have three people who are interested in me, um, who are kind of, you know, keeping me in their back pocket, um, as far as the, in terms of their ego cages, which is cool. And, uh, and I'm going to play the same game as them and keep them in my back pocket because at some point, one of these women is going to come into heat and they're going to think, okay, well, who are... You know, I've been on a date with this guy and that guy and I've been on a one date with Steve, like Zoe and I are doing uh, meeting up on Wednesday. Um, to test the waters there. Um, they're going to go like, oh, well. Who. Who's going to be the one? <laughs> Which one's going to be the one? And um, unless I unless I dial, dial down my assholeness, which is, you know, to, to a certain extent, it means um, being inauthentic because I am an arsehole. I mean, I mean I'm, an, I'm a very, very nice arsehole, but I am an arsehole, um, inverted commas, because um, that's not how I see myself. I just see myself as an authentic, expressive, caring, um, quirky individual. <laughs> But that that translates as asshole um, for most um, modern women. And that is cool. That is absolutely cool. Uh, because I ain't, I, you know, the, the sex drought is never, ever going to be broken if I do not play the game. And that's how, that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play the game. Um, and I am going to wait for someone to come into heat uh, and also for the weather to come a bit into heat right you know spring that's that's it's helped that helps the uh, human animal as well as the non-human animal to become more uh, focused on their sexual desires uh, because as I say you know I'm also a competitive sx4 I've got a lot of catching up to do um, Nadia's been you know shagging basically since she left. <laughs> um, I don't know how much shaking she's done, but, you know, I'm an SX4, I'm competitive, right? I mean, she's probably, she's probably had, 
I don't know. She's probably done, I don't know, like, 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 like a hundred shags or something. I don't know. Okay. Maybe not that much. Um, I don't know. What, how much shagging can one do in 16 months? Um, maybe this guy lived very, very close to her. Maybe they were shagging every, they were shagging three, four times a week. So you do the maths. I've got some catching up to do here. And all is fair in love and war.